0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru podcast. We're going to go through and review the three games from Super Saturday. One of the craziest Super Saturdays I've seen in quite some time. Uh, I really, I was blown away by some of the results, which you'll uh, obviously come to understand that over the next 20 minutes or so. But uh, yeah, a crazy Saturday. I was actually uh, on the plane coming back from Rockhampton. So the Titans Storm sort of watched it on the plane and sort of broken Wi-Fi, caught up on it later. But uh, yeah, a couple of upsets. And one game that I thought was, um, as much as it was a 13-plus victory for the Broncos, I thought that uh, the Dragons put up... A fantastic fight. I thought they were the better team for 70-odd minutes. So, um, yeah, crazy Saturday. Let's get stuck into it, though. The Titans, 38 over the Melbourne Storm, 34. Pierre crossed for the first meaty Then he scored one about 20 minutes later. And that was the one that stood out for me. Good God, the pace of this guy is fucking unbelievable. I actually dropped him in my draft competition that morning and watched him score the first two tries. and went, oh my God, what have I done here? Um, I actually picked up Montoya for him, who uh, who, who actually doubled his score uh, in a crazy turn of events. So it didn't work out too badly for me. But uh, yeah, Campiera, you can see the talent. Brian Kelly thought he was really strong as well. He's, he's a first-grade to Brian Kelly. The way that he pops in and out is just crazy to me. Um, Aaron Schopp scored a double towards the back end of the game. Good little signing, Aaron Schopp. Uh, but yeah, look, the Gold Coast Titans, a very good win for them. They'll be stoked with that one. A huge upset. Uh, I know a lot of people were, were tipping the Melbourne Storm by a lot. I, I didn't think it would be a huge blowout, but there wasn't a world where I thought the Titans uh, would actually beat them. Um, about 38 degrees, uh, almost 40 degrees, I think I heard, like... For the Titans to be getting 2 p.m. games Saturday afternoon this time of the year, I just think that's fucking outrageous. It is just ridiculous. So credit to the Gold Coast Titans and credit to all their fans um, that showed up and supported their team throughout that one because I imagine that must have been a very, very tough gig for all of you. Personally, I couldn't think of anything worse than being out in that heat for that long. Um, Very tough. But the boys did put on a show, 38 points, which is great to see. The question just has to be asked about the Gold Coast Titans. At what point do they sort their fucking defence out? They are one of the best attacking teams in this competition, by none. There is no, there is no questioning that. But I just I don't understand how this has been a thing for you know five years now that we they just don't get sorted. I don't understand how they haven't made this their absolute priority and gone out and recruited whoever they needed to, gone and hired whoever they needed to defensively. To get this shit sorted And yet look You can say it was You know it was really hot And everything I understand that But it's not like This is a one off incident This has been happening For years At the Gold Coast Titans And it's the only thing That's stopping them From being a top 8 side It's their defence The best defensive team Wins every single year I just I I don't understand How the Titans Don't have a hectic defence They've known This is their problem For the last 5 to 6 years And I mean It was easy last year You know and say, Oh it was Jim Dimmick's fault He's gone now That's issues solved Sweet is it solved? I, 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 I'm not convinced. Oh, I think it was a pretty easy scapegoat to go. It was Jim Dimmick's fault. Okay, sweet. So has it improved? To me, it hasn't. So, um, yeah, 34 points to concede is just, yeah, crazy. I mean, it's better than 38, don't get me wrong. But 34, if you want to play top eight, eight, eight footy this year and you're the Titans who have a history of doing this, they need to improve on this. It is... Uh, just getting a little bit ridiculous. It's crazy like in a game like this where they scored thirty eight points, you have a look at the supercoach scorers, the top scorer was Brian Kelly on sixty five. That is crazy. It's it's almost it's insane to consider how they managed to do that. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just, it's, it's wild that that was the top scorer. But yeah, credit to the Titans, managed to get the win. It was ugly. Um, it was, you know, defense wasn't fantastic. But sometimes you just got to find a way to win. And the Titans did that against a side that, you know, are traditionally well known for finding ways to win. So credit to the Titans. A good win there. They will take the two points. You always take the two points when you can against the Melbourne Storm. And they've had a few clashes like this with them over the years. They had the one where uh, Kane Elsie put the kick in for Don, who tapped down to Connie Harrell a couple of years ago. Very high-scoring affair there, very similar. Uh, and considering that the Melbourne Storm started pretty well, the Titans look like they're in some curry early. Um, yeah, oh, so sorry, sorry, not not heaps early, but I think that they, um, they got out to like 18-6 or 18-10 or something along those lines. Uh, I thought the Gold Coast Titans did really well to get themselves back into this one. For the Melbourne Storm, conceding 38 points to the Gold Coast is very, very disappointing. Scored 34, which, you know, same story for the Titans, but defensively they've just got to get themselves sorted out. Um, You have a look through this game, and I understand the Melbourne Storm are missing a lot of players. I get that 100%, but the amount of errors that they're making... For the, for the standards that the Melbourne, Storms hold, the Melbourne Storm holds themselves to is just ridiculous. They just they need to get it sorted. Did you have a look at their back line. There's about nine errors from their back line, which is just way too much. Eli Katoa, very, very talented, but, geez, he's coming up with some errors as well. Uh, I thought young Pazette, I've sort of been questioning for the last few months. I know that he had that great game for the under-19s. Everyone got very, very excited. I, I've sort of been questioning if he is as good as what. He led us to believe that night, and I mean, based on this game... Fuck, he looks pretty damn good. Looks very, very strong poset. So hopefully he can keep going from strength to strength uh, because he is a very, very exciting guy to watch. Um, I I actually thought he was a little bit smaller than what he is. I'm not sure if he's maybe... And this will sound quite crazy to you guys who didn't watch him, you know, coming through. But I do wonder if he has put on a bit of weight, which has been good for him. Um, Yeah, look, without Cam Munster, they are a very, very different footy side. But I also think without Nelson... They're a very different footy side as well. They really did miss his punch through the middle. He's he's just got that X factor that I think they're really lacking at the moment. Um, Yeah, Trent Learue, Will Warbrick, two guys that went overly impressive in this one. I do wonder if maybe the Melbourne Storm do look to make changes next week. I wouldn't be surprised if when Tommy Eisenhuth is available, if he comes into the second row or he comes into the centers. um, I just think they'll be looking for a bit of stability. Conceding 38 points as the Melbourne Storm to the Gold Coast Titans, it is simply unacceptable by their standards. So keen to see how they bounce back from this one. I believe they got the Tigers in Melbourne next week. So, um, yeah, I think that could get pretty ugly for the Tigers, to be honest with you. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but I think the Melbourne Storm, they have to bounce back eventually, and I think next week... Will be the week that they do. Uh, another classy performance from Harry Grant. He was fantastic. Um, only 63 run metres, but, you know, three try assists, two line break assists. He was fantastic. Hughesy was strong as well. Um, yeah, th- th- there's potential in this side that just need to get a couple of troops back and whatnot. Shout out to Tarek Sims scoring a try on his first performance for the Melbourne Storm. Great to see. Short stint with a try, you know, 87 metres from eight, eight runs couple of tackle breaks. Pretty good defensively. Um, yeah, I will say this about Eli Katoa: Had a number of mistakes and whatnot, but um, 36 tackles, zero miss. So not all negative for... Eli Katoa, there are plenty of positives there, and uh, I think he is going to be a good signing for the Melbourne Storm. But congratulations to the Gold Coast Titans. Great W there. Obviously, their defense, they want to improve that. They need to improve that. And if they do, they could genuinely be a threat in this competition. The, The attack, they do easy. They've got no troubles in attack. They can do that wherever, Whenever. It's just their defense that they need to get sorted out so that they can genuinely compete in this competition. All right, let's move to the second game on Super Saturday. We had the Warriors beating the North Queensland Cowboys up there. What a victory this was. Uh, we'll start with the Warriors first. Congratulations to them. Wade Egan, he got on the scoreboard first. My boy, Marcelo Montoya, came up with a double. of we spoke about him last week, coming back via New South Wales Cup. Came into first grade this week, scored a try, was really good. And Ed Cossey he scored one late as well. Shout out to the fullback, Tane Torpiki, making his debut. Uh, We tipped him for a try. Didn't get get across the stripe, but uh, still had a really good game, I thought. Uh, 17 runs, 150 metres. He had eight tackle breaks, one offload. Uh, He was very, very strong. Torpiki's on, you know, zero errors as well. So congratulations to him on his debut. Very, very good stuff. Marcelo Montoya showed what he's capable of doing once again. Two tries, 25 runs, 246 run meters, three line breaks, 40 post contacts, six tackle breaks. He's an absolute monster. We said on, on Bloke in a Bar a couple of weeks ago that He's got a bit of Manu Vatavai in him. He is lethal, so dangerous. He's just got to sort these errors out in his game. Uh, and I, I thought he was great in in their game on Saturday. And they probably don't win w- without him. I thought he was fantastic. Tamara Martin, he was fantastic as well. I would love watching this guy play footy. One line break, three line break assists, uh, and two tries. He was great. Tamara Martin. He's just he's making that left edge look unreal at the moment. I just I can't tell you how happy I am. Uh, that he stayed in our game. Marcelo Montoya, two guys, not going to skip over it. Three errors. He, he's got to get these out of his game. We, we said on am and a few weeks ago. If we can sign a contract where Marcelo says, I will make one mistake per game, I go, good as gold. That's fine. I can cop that. It's when you get into your two and threes per game, that we start to have a little bit of an issue. Uh, SJ... I thought he looked good. I thought he was sort of looked the closest we've seen back to the old SJ. Uh, A couple of tackle braids was sort of bouncing around, looked good. Um, I'm happy with that performance from SJ. I thought Wade Egan was fantastic as well. If you brought him in super coach last week, it didn't quite make sense to me, but you've made money and he scored reasonably well here again, scoring a meat pie and whatnot. Mitchie Barnett had an injury. I think he has been cleared of that, but... Geez, in his 54 minutes, 15 runs for 140 metres looked really, really strong. 16 tackles there as well. Maradona Niacore was a little bit quiet by his standards. Uh, Toru Harris just grinded through his normal amount of work, played the full 80 again in the heat up there. I just wonder how long this can last for. I know they had a couple of injuries like Mitch Barnett, Bunty Afoa. Uh These sort of guys didn't return, but I just, I'm not sure how long he can keep doing this for. I thought Dill Walker, uh, the first two weeks when he's come on the field, he's been good, but he has made a couple of errors and whatnot. I thought he was really strong in this game. thought he did some really classy and nice things, defended well. So, uh, yeah, I think he's a really good signing, A eh? 150 run metres when he came on the field. Uh, Tom Ali, uh, 11 runs, 120 metres. Good to see once again. I like the look of him. I think he's a talented guy. 10 tackles, 0 miss. So, yeah, plenty of positives for the Waz to take from this one. Great to see Jazz as well. I've always been a fan of him. He's just... Jazz is literally... His biggest problem is he's too tough for his own good. Um, Came on, played 42 minutes, scored a try, 140 run metres, and made 32 tackles. Uh, He's just a weapon. I love watching him play, and he really does epitomise what the New Zealand Warriors are. So going up there, a huge victory for the Warriors. Congratulations to them and all their fans. Great to see. I don't know. This just feels like a game the Warriors wouldn't have won a few years ago. You know, and I I didn't think that, that they'd win it this weekend, but I just think the Warriors... I think they're starting to head in the right direction. eh? I'm starting to get really excited about them. Hopefully they have a good injury run this year and they can have a bit of luck fall their way and whatnot because I really like what they're doing at the moment. Let's move to the Cowboys. Uh, only scored the twelve points, tries to Tommy Chester and Reese Robson. Uh, Tommy Chester, not his debut, but his first um, his first game since I think it was round twenty six last year or whatever. Uh, One hundred and sixty three run meters had the try, had the four tackle breaks, did some really nice things. Tom Chester is a guy that I've liked for a while, so really, really big fan of him. I think he's got a future in our game personally. I would have him as my 14 for the North Queensland Cowboys if it was up to me. Uh, Rhys Robson was good once again, 85 supercoach points. He went hard, scored a good try. Val Holmes, 67 supercoach points, strong again. Uh, with, With limited opportunities, it felt like to me. It felt like he didn't have a stack of opportunities, but you have a look at their back five. For the Cowboys, Chester 163 run metres, Cole felt 125, Val Holmes 157, Shibasaki great to see him back, 158 run metres, and Tuilangi 190 run metres. These are all in a defeat, obviously, where Tuilangi was the only one that made a line break. So they're rolling their sleeves up. The North Queensland Cowboys and their outside backs, Ruben Cotter, pretty quiet by his standards to be fair. Seven runs, 55 metres. I wouldn't be surprised if he carried an injury into that. Insane that. Uh, 40 tackles with zero miss, so pretty fucking impressive stuff there. Number of missed tackles for a number of their forwards, though. Reese Robson missed three. Cohen Hess missed five. Nanai, three. Tal Malolo, three. Jake Granville, one. Griffin Neem, two. Jeez, and and Griffin Neem came close to a couple of other mistakes there. Uh, Nanai. I read the other day that he's run for a grand total of 100 metres this season simply isn't good enough. We know he's got the highlights and everything, but if he's going to be a kangaroos back rower, a state of origin back rower, needs to roll his sleeves up. His team just needs more from him. And, you know, you saw in the origin arena that he isn't just a highlights guy. He's able to play tough. He's able to create offloads out of nowhere. I just think we need to see more of... Uh, Jeremiah Nano, because we're just not seeing enough of it at the moment. Hylam Lukey, he made his return, which was great to see. Six runs, 50-odd metres, uh, eight tackles, zero missed. Uh, That's exactly what you want to see from Hylam Lukey. The upside will come. Just great to see him back on the field. He'll build some match fitness over the next few weeks. And uh, I'm keen to see how it all plays out for him over the next few years. Uh, Chad Townsend, two try assists, did his job as per usual, as did Tommy Dearden. Um, Two very solid performers, aren't they? Um, Still missed, you know, three tackles each, but each of them made 25 as well. So I can sort of forgive that as two smaller halves. But, uh, yeah, look, the Cowboys, uh, they'll be very disappointed with this one. Uh, And this is what we sort of spoke about in the preseason. That People said we were crazy that... It's very hard to stay at the top. You come from nowhere, you arrive at the top. It's very, very hard to stay there. Your preseason's a little bit different. There's a lot of challenges that come with staying at the top, which is why there's only been a handful of teams that have done it over the last, you know, 20, 25 years. All right, let's move to the last game. And this was the most outrageous one, all of them all. Um, to be fair, you know, the team that was the red-hot favorite won the Brisbane Broncos 40-18, to 18, but... Jeez, I thought the Dragons were the better side for a long time here. Um, you know the the Broncos. It was it was just all it was about about all square uh, with about ten minutes to go, and uh, wow, their last ten minutes was unbelievable. Tries to Selwyn Cobbo, Ezra Mann, and a double to Reese Walsh. The Broncos they just blew them away, and this is what good teams do. They hang in the contest, hang in the contest. You know, even if they don't play fully, Even if they don't play well. They hang in the contest for the first 60 minutes, and then it's in the last 20 minutes that they really make you pay. In this game, it was the last 10 minutes they really made him pay. Love the look of Reese Walsh at the moment. He's looking fucking unreal. Love, just love watching him play. I, a lot of people bag him for you know performances at the Warriors and everything. I just I cannot make sense of any of that. The more that he plays... I mean, before that, I thought, what the fuck are they talking about? The more he plays, the, the more impressed I am. Um, two tries... 158 run metres, a line break, two line break assists, a try assist four tackle breaks. I mean, what more could you really want? I just think Reece Walsh is killing it at the moment. He's a guy that I'll be considering bringing in for super coach this week. Um, yeah, look, as I said, the Broncos wasn't their best performance for the first 60 minutes, but then when it mattered, they exploded. Adam Reynolds, uh, we've got a podcast coming this afternoon talking about his kicking game, so we'll save that for then. But he's an absolute freak. Payne Haas, holy... What a performance. He is on an absolute tear in 59 meters, in 59 minutes. He had 18 runs for 240 meters. He had 104 post-contact meters. 104. That is off the charts. He had two line break assists, and I'm assuming he made, yeah, 26 tackles, zero miss, which is exactly what you want. Um, and two offloads as well. Payne ha- Haas is on an absolute tear at the moment. Fuck, he's a good footballer. Uh, Paddy Carrigan, another solid performance as well. 24-odd tackles and offload. And Renfri's 180 metres off 17 runs uh, off his 57 minutes. So very consistent. Uh, those guys just playing their sort of general minutes, which I think is credit to Kevin Walters. Played everyone their general minutes. Didn't hit, you know, panic stations or whatever. Just backed his team in that towards the back end. They'd find a way to get the job done, and they certainly did. They blew him off the park. Shout-out to Tom Flegger. I thought he was good. 16 runs for 200 metres. Uh, had a line break assist. Made a fair few tackles. He, uh, only made 16 tackles. I thought he got through more work. But with the ball, I thought he was very, very good. So, yeah, the British Broncos, a great win there. Ezra Mann, solid again, as always. Adam Reynolds, though, just just on another level at the moment. He is fucking incredible. Uh, Herbie Farmworth, pretty quiet by his standards. Still ran for 157 metres. And once again, you have a look at the back Five. All of them went for over 100 metres, which is very impressive. And all of them, except Jesse Arthurs, went for over 150. So you'd love to see that. Unreal to see. Katani Staggs, really good game from him. Scored a couple of tries. Two tries there. Uh, we just need to see more of it from Stags. We know the ability he's got. We know that he can be one of the best outside backs in this competition. We've just got to see him keen and involved consistently. Shout out to Selwyn Cobo. Uh, one error in this game. You'll take that every day of the week for the talent that he brings. If he can just keep his game to one error a week, I'm more than happy with that. So shout out to Selwyn, and improved performance there. Let's move to the Dragons. Um, look, if there was a world where you said to me at the start of the season that I'd be three weeks in complimenting the Dragons on a 40-18 to 18 loss, uh, I would have laughed at you. But fuck, I thought they were really good throughout this game. I genuinely just think that they came up against a quality opposition, a quality side that were just packing for the back end. And, you know, I think it got pretty ugly for the Dragons, and I understand that that's not what you you want to see in footy. I get that. But, fuck, I, I thought that for the vast majority of this game, they were the better team. So, credit to the Matty guy; He's an absolute freak. Some of the shit he can do. Obviously, Tyrell, uh, obviously, Zach Lomax put him over for that one with a nice, classy little move. Tyrell Sloan scored himself a little bit later than Bud Sullivan with a great individual try as well. Look, they didn't score from the 33rd minute onwards at that point. I think it was 16-6. to Um And, yeah, it got pretty ugly after that. They did take a penalty goal in the 59th minute. Uh, That I know a lot of people are questioning whether that was the right call or not. In hindsight, I think that's easy to say. Uh, But, yeah, look, the Dragons, I I thought that they performed pretty well, to be honest with you. I know that it didn't turn out pretty or whatever. uh, But, fuck, it's... (laughs) It's hard to get stuck into them too much. They genuinely might have been come up against a top four side uh, up there at Brisbane. Very very tough gig. Still missing players and whatnot. Jack DeBella not there. Arguably their best forward. Um, you've still got Amone not in the side. Arguably their best five eight. So. I'm sure there will be plenty of times this year where we put the boot into the Dragons, but I don't think today is going to be one of those days. I think credit to them. uh, I I don't even know if it was an unlucky loss. I just think they came up against a very good side. Some guys I thought did well. uh, Francis Molo. Very, very impressive. 15 runs, 176 metres, 84 Post-contact, he had one tackle break, 26 tackles. Great to see. Uh, Blake Laurie, after scoring his try last week, 34 tackles, only missed two. Uh, And Wren for about 130, yeah, 126 run metres. He was very, very good. Blake Laurie, once again, those two front rowers are really doing a job at the moment for the Dragons. And hopefully we see Jack DeBellin return next week, which would be great for the Dragons. I can give them a little boost there. Uh, Benny Murdoch-Masilla. 41 minutes, uh, five hit-ups for 46 metres, um, made 17 tackles. So pretty quiet, Benny Murdoch-Masilla. I just know that he's got more ability than what he's showing at the moment. Um, a little bit frustrating. Jack Bird, plenty of touches and whatnot. Played the entire 80 minutes there, um, just scheming and, and creating here and there, but just, I don't know, just wasn't able to sort of turn it into anything this week. Um yeah, look, as I said, guys, I'm not going to stick the boot in too hard to the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Uh, did some really good things throughout that game. Did some fantastic things, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, there, there will be darker days to come for the Dragons, I believe, uh, but I think they showed some real ability here. I thought R- Ravalar was good. Had six tackle breaks, 100-odd metres. Uh, I thought I thought he, he was classy. Sully and Lomax, as per usual, good. Um, yeah, so that's hard with the Dragons. I don't know. Like, you get beat by 22 points up there in Brisbane. You want to sort of get stuck in, and then you're like, fuck, to their credit. I think they played just about as well as they possibly could throughout that game. Number of guys with many missed tackles, but I would say that the vast majority of these missed tackles would have come very late in the game. Jaden Sewer missed five, and By missed four. Uh, Benny Hunt missed three. Zachy Lomax missed four. I just... uh, It's such a hard game, because you want to judge them off the first 65, 70 minutes and say how good they were but then they just completely fall apart in the back end. I genuinely thought they were going to win that game for the vast majority of it um, once we sort of got into the grind. So tough one for you Dragons fans. Very hard pill to swallow. I won't uh, I won't go too heavy on them because I thought that for the vast majority of this game, they played pretty well. Guys, we will have the Sunday afternoon games review coming a little bit later today, and then we're going to have a little deep dive into Adam Reynolds and the great Ricky Stewart. Bit of a historical piece there on the Rugby League Guru podcast. Plenty more coming today.